When the class is done and I pitch the company for the first time, mentally in my mind, mid-pitch, in my mind I'm going, oh, this, this, this works. Like this might actually be something because you can look at people's responses. Welcome to Newhouse Impact, a collaboration between the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications and WAER, showcasing research and creative work of Newhouse faculty and students. I'm Kevin Kloss, and on this episode, I'm chatting with Daniela Molta and Sean Brannigan, who started the Black Media Mogul Maker, a program seeking to support and identify digital media entrepreneurs in the black community. I'll also be joined by Zebedayo Masango, who was a participant in the initiative. Daniela and Sean will share their perspective and motivations for starting the project, and Zebedayo shares his experience having gone through the Black Media Mogul Maker course. Daniela, Sean, Zeb, welcome to WAER. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, thanks for having us. It's great. So, you guys are all in some way, shape, or form connected to the Black Media Mogul Maker. And so for someone on the outside, when I'm looking at this program, what it looks like to me is a program that was designed to usher in a new wave of media entrepreneurs and, and tastemakers, if you will, into central New York and the city of Syracuse. Is that a fair explanation? And what would maybe Sean or Danielle, what would you guys add to my condensed description of the program. Yes, I think you're you're off to a good start there. It's a diverse and inclusive program um, built around digital media entrepreneurship. And like you said, we are focused here today and the Syracuse community, um, specifically the black community. So we have this kind of combined thought that media shapes culture and the people that own media companies shape media. And we actually did a little bit of research and found out that only 6% of media owners are women and less than 1% are minorities. So we partnered up with a local nonprofit and a, uh, well, two nonprofits, a nonprofit and a foundation that gave us the grant. Uh, the grant came from the Community Foundation, Central New York, and um, our third partner to help bring this program to life was Bishop Ronald Dewberry at Center of Hope International. And this nonprofit of his is focused on economic empowerment for underserved communities in Central New York. I'm curious, anytime I see that there's a program that has basically three co-sponsors built into it, where the point of origin is for something like this. Is that, did, were one of you the original, hey, I have an idea, let's dig into this, or did someone approach you guys about being a part of this? Originally, I was going to do a grant for Google.org uh, to bring media entrepreneurship to underserved populations, in particular uh, women, and then we went even further and said, let's go to underserved populations of women. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> Gina and our, uh, our associate dean of research said, so I'm going to give you somebody to work with. I didn't know Daniela, mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure what she was all about. But she, you know, dove in, and she's way more organized than me, which was helpful and, uh, and pretty practical. But then on top of that, um, as we went through the proposal process, she started to see what it is that I do with how media entrepreneurship is a, um, I like to refer to it as it's a creative endeavor. It's not a mechanical 
start a business. First you build this, then you do this, then you do that. It's much more creative, and creative people are particularly good at it. They've just not been told that they can do it. Um, so um, she then pushed my button and said, would you do this locally? And I hesitated a little bit because I want to do big things and um, this didn't feel big, but then she said, look, let's do this. And it proves the point and it's a pilot and it's real. And then she, you know, threatened me and that's why we got, <laughs> we got, it, we got it going. No, it was, it, uh, she then led it in a way that needed to be led in order for it to exist. So, And so one of the first public-facing portions of this program is obviously the application period where people could submit applications. And Zeb, that's, that's where you come in. Yeah. Do you yeah. recall how this program was presented to you and sort of what that application process was like for you? Yeah, sure. And how did you find out about it? So <laughs> it's interesting. So my apartment where I live is kind of, I don't want to call it a commune, but the way that the way that it's set up is everybody in the building is a part of like a Slack group. It's a commune. It's a commune. <laughs> and uh, and people write in the Slack group random stuff. Mm-hmm. So it might be like, hey, somebody left this here. Somebody did this here. There's a party on this floor. And so I saw one day someone wrote black media mogul maker. Somebody just wrote it. And I actually don't often check the group because it's usually nothing that pertains to me. And so I looked at it and I, per- I DM'd the person. Because when I read the description, it was like, well, this is for the Syracuse community. And so I DM'd the person. I said, can students do this? And she was like, yeah, sure. So I was like, all right, let me apply and let's, you know, let, let, let me shoot the shot. Worst case scenario, I miss and I'm back to square one, which is I'm still a law student. I think I'll be okay. And I'll, I can find the people running the program and try to find a way to meet them. And so that's how I found it. I applied and um, the rest is history, as, as they say anyway. And if you remember, what were they asking you? When you applied, what what was on that application, if you can recall? It was essentially asking um, what was the current thing that you were doing or the current idea that you were planning on on doing. Um, You'd have to send in, I believe I had to send in links to things. Um, I had to send, like, a couple of words as to why I wanted to do it, um, what I planned to do, what I was currently doing, where I was located, stuff like that. After the general demographic questions, it was like, what's the idea? Do you have the idea? If you do, is there a website? Um, and then what are your plans for are you the past future? it being an idea? Yeah, and are you past it being an, a, an idea, basically? And so I think that the application was, was essentially meant to, meant to figure out, and they could probably answer this better than me, are we going to have a group full of people who have ideas and haven't done anything yet? And then they probably have to change some of the curriculum around. Is it going to be split evenly between people who are still in the idea phase and people who are at the executing point? Or is it just going to be all executors, which then I'm sure the curriculum would also be different if everybody's idea is already there. And so that was generally, I think, how it went. And they can correct me if I'm wrong. My memory of the application is kind of janky. Well, and Zeb, I, I thank you for doing a part of my job for me here. Did you guys have an expectation <laughs> for what you wanted this to be? That which was were... great to hear, by the way. Because <laughs> I, I don't know if we ever did a circle back of what did you think of the application. No, I, I don't think we did that one. See, I'm going to put that one on you. Yeah. You yeah. should have yeah, thought of that. Yeah, it's on my list for next <laughs> Not time. Not me. <laughs> uh, but that was, that was exactly what we were trying to do is to figure out what this market is. Is it a bunch of idea people, which would be fine. Mm-hmm. Is it a bunch of, oh, I already got a thing going on. I've got this publication. I'm over here doing podcasts. I'm doing, you know, and they're way into it. Mm-hmm. Or somewhere mix. Uh, we added quite a range. I would say, yeah. Um, a mix. From really established, revenue-producing, 
I mean, really established, um, I'm thinking James here, mm -hmm. um, companies um, and down to idea or just above idea, I like mm -hmm. to say concept, that you've been thinking, well, I think I'd apply it here. And then our job is to move them up, mm -hmm. stop, keep talking about the idea and thinking that that's you being an entrepreneur, that's just you feeling good about you. That's fine. Go do that. We don't need you and you don't need us. Mm -hmm. So we're going to push you to go and make it happen. And Zeb, where, where were you at? Were you idea? Were you more established, a full-fledged business? Yeah. I, by the time I joined the program, I'd already, you know, there was a website. I had incorporated and it was a business. But I knew that there's a next step that I needed to take, which was I was missing that step because of probably information and or networking. It was one of those two things. Um, you got to do a shout out for uh, the, your, your, uh, your website. Yeah, yeah. So social media <laughs> handles, go yeah. for it. I'd love to hear what it is. I'd love to hear what the, yeah, what sure. the idea is. So I came in with a company called The Greenwood, T-H-E-G-R-N-W-O-O-D, um, named after the community in Tulsa, um, which was destroyed uh, in the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. Um, and this community essentially was a vibrant community, um, black economics. At the time that it started in the early 1900s, a lot of the communities around the country were very hostile towards African-American population. And so... A few black entrepreneurs kind of congregated in Tulsa, and they built things. And they built a vibrant community. Um, and I, you know, I was there last week. So you, when you, when when you're there, you can see on the street. Okay, this is a barber shop. This is a shoemaker. This is a lawyer. This is a doctor. Grocery store. And so my goal with the website, with the media platform, is to essentially digitally rebuild the community which was destroyed. And so by the time I'm applying to the program, I, you know, I have a website. You know, there's a decent following on social media, but I know there's a next step. I need to know what's the most efficient way to bring in revenue. I need to know what's the most efficient way to scale. And I need to learn from people who've been in the game before. So Danielle has been in the game before. Sean has been in the game before. And they also invited a bunch of speakers who've been in the game before. And I need to talk to the upperclassmen, essentially. And up until that point, I was talking to myself and watching YouTube videos and ordering and reading books, trying to get the best way. And so to answer your question, to make a long story long, I was the uh, I was in the I was already in the executing phase. So I had like kind of a thing. It, I just needed, you know, you kind of just sometimes you need more. And I was aware of what I didn't know. And so that was why I was in the program. And to kind of circle back to what Zeb had mentioned before about, you know, whether this was going to be ideas or, you know, businesses that were already up and running. Did you guys have a criteria you were looking for when you started to look at these applications? Were there certain things you specifically wanted or did you try to go in with as blank of a slate as possible? Oh, no. Now he's going to get us to tell our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the only uh, criteria outside of living in Syracuse or the central New York area. Being in the black community. Um, it had to be in the black community. And it had to be a media venture, which we did take a pretty broad brush to mm -hmm. that. So it could be a musician, podcast, you know, traditional media companies, social influencers. So we did paint a pretty broad. Sort of um, wellness app, I think we had. I'm just yep, trying to think of ones wellness. that we were really on the. Yeah. Is on that the media? Yeah. In the biggest sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was really it. I mean, for us, the application process was the process to weed people out. If you were going to fill out, take a half hour, however long it took, to fill out these questions, we felt like, for the most part, you were pretty, pretty, um, you know, we wanted you to be part of the group with In us. fact, let me add on that, because I saw, I saw your eyes go up. That was a long application, wasn't it? 
<laughs> I was listening. That was intentional. Yeah, I, I get it. It's a uh, that is a good way to like if somebody gets to question five and they're looking at the at the clock, I'm like yo, it's not even worth it. Mm-hmm. Somebody could do that for any Great. application. Thank you. That's for schools, for jobs, for anything. And I now that I'm hearing this, when when I start applying, like you know, having people apply to work for me. I'll probably make intentionally long applications to, <laughs> <laughs> in order to see who really wants to do it. But yeah, I think every question made sense, but it was like, it was long, but it doesn't hurt you to get through it. That was my thought process is like, it doesn't really hurt. This is 30 minutes I would have spent watching TV maybe or right. taking a net. So it doesn't really Plus, hurt. Plus, if it's one of those kinds of questions that make you think about something you didn't think about before, that's a benefit. Yeah. And that's sort of yeah. what we were doing, which is, so who's your customer? Who's your next customer? And that. You know, that person who's gone in and went, oh, yeah, yeah who is my that. next customer? <laughs> I don't know who that is yet. Yeah. Let me think about that mm-hmm. so I can have an answer mm-hmm. that actually propels their business forward a little bit. So. Yeah. so, Sean, Daniela, both of you have kind of identified the fact that, like, you guys really wanted to to build up these ideas, the, these businesses, to push change here here in Syracuse. What did that tangibly look like, though, in terms of the roadmap for this program? What were the things that applicants like Zeb were able to engage in throughout the program? Um, all right, so I don't know if this directly answers your question, but I'm going to make it personal. So there were a couple times, so I'm the old white man at the front of the room, which it happens. is what it is. <laughs> but I don't want that. And we don't want that, you know, I want, and at one point, remember when we said, hey, why don't we get Leticia to get up front and talk on this? Because she is all about this. Instead of me giving the, you know, sage on the stage kind of nonsense, let's just, she just dove into it and learned more. She's the new fresh face. And it's like, let's just get out of the way. So the change happened in the room is one thing. The second one, uh, and it may actually, I'm doing them out of order is there was a time when we were talking about, I, I was really pressing on, just get out of your way. Just don't wait. How's waiting worked out? Not so good, right? Like waiting's, been, mm-hmm. waiting's not got a good, uh, a, a good uh, hit rate. Um, and, oh, you need to put in your dues and all that other stuff that people sell you on, and I'm not a big believer in that. Mm. And I start to really press that in the in the session, in the, I'm going to say class, but it really wasn't a class, in the session. And then the conversation started among the participants about, you know, code switching and how I need to show myself when I'm in the office versus when I'm out with my friends. And yeah, there's always, in every, every culture and every community, there's a little bit of, I talk like this when I'm at home, and I talk like this one. But this is really different. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, I just, I don't know if you remember, I, I just found something I needed to do in the back of the room. I just wanted to get away and let the conversation just keep on going. That was the change. Again, right in the room. So yeah, do you make a change in the community? Yeah, but first the change is in that room where people are saying, we can do this. And lots of cross-support. I loved it when uh, near the end there was, I think, contracts between different participants. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so so and so is doing my audio work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's how it should go. So, yeah, that was my my take on it. What do you? Yeah. What would you add? Well, I would add all of that for sure happened and um, were kind of the un- the things we couldn't predict going in, which was so great, and we knew in some shape or form that that community hopefully would be built and it was Um, but some other elements of the program that we you know pre-planned going in um, we kind of broke it into three things so we had you know the training part of it right so that's Sean 
mainly Sean, me up there as well, talking more about the marketing side, you know, doing the and training. a lot of speakers. Yep. Mm-hmm. We had speak a lot of speakers come in. We had a networking day. So, um, well, we called it networking, but basically we brought other media entrepreneurs from Syracuse really with an eye towards diversity if we if we could into the room and um, you know allowed them to share their stories to take questions um, to network of course and then we also did a resources day so on that day we tried to think of all the different resources you might need if you were starting your own business and where do those exist in the community. So we had, I'm trying to think now, I think we had. And we asked Zeb, which ones would you remember? Do yeah, you remember, I remember the, the uh, Small Business Association was there. Yeah. Um, there were a couple banks there. Finances is like one of the large parts. That's one of the main excuses some people give as to why they can't. So I like hearing it that way. <laughs> I, I just yeah, I don't want. <laughs> that's one of the main uh, reasons. Let's call reasons, them reasons. Yeah. The the Jersey City's coming out of me. So reasons, <laughs> and so they made sure that all those people were inside the room to let you know, hey, if you want to open up a line of credit, hey, you can come talk to somebody over here. If you need a mentor, the city does this. This is all government funded, and so yeah, we had city. Yeah, city showed up. Yeah, that, that was big. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was just kind of if you want to start something and you're worried about X, then this person's here for you. If you're worried about Y, this person's here for you. And I would assume that the goal was by the time you're done with these sessions, then your reasoning for not starting whatever it is you're trying to start is now gone because you've kind of been, or every door has kind of been open. Now you kind of have to just walk walk through it, essentially. That's nice to hear. <laughs> Seriously, thanks. Mm-hmm. Now, Sean, you you made it a point to kind of make a distinction that this maybe wasn't a class, so to speak, in the way that we we would think of a traditional class, perhaps. Was the goal to have this be more more interactive at the start in terms of you, you, you mentioned getting out of the way and just letting these conversations sort of take place? Was that something you guys intentionally set out to do or did that just sort of evolve? I think a little both. I mean, first off, we we did have a curriculum, so mm-hmm. we did have the class aspects. You know, we're going to jam into your head these concepts and these thoughts, especially in the first three, three mm-hmm. or four mm-hmm. sessions. And then how many total sessions do we have? We Maybe had, ten? I believe, eight sessions. And then we had that full day dedicated okay. to resources and networking. And then we did the pitch. So it was a 10-week program. Yeah. So uh, of, so I'd say three, if I'm guessing, uh, were really more like a probably more traditional class style. And then, yeah, our objective was to get the conversation going and get people moving, not just talking about it, getting it going, do it. And so, um, yeah, that was intentional. And 10 weeks, is this once a, like meeting once a week for 10 weeks? And, how, and yeah. how long you think per week you guys were meeting for? We met Mondays from 6 to 9 p.m. And, and then the 10th week was a pitch competition, which we should totally talk about. And yeah, well, I think who, that was a little that? longer. <laughs> who won that? Wonder, <laughs> I don't know. You someone know, that know, might be in this room. That was a little longer. And then we also, because we did this pitch, we wanted to offer, this was actually a great idea from um, Bishop, a training. Because a lot of, you know, these people probably haven't pitched their business before in that type of setting with a judge. Sure. Uh, judges, I should say. So in addition to the 10 weeks, there was also a few extra hours of um, training for the pitch competition. So we've talked about it. We've said pitch competition three pitch, times pitch, now. Pitch. <laughs> 
What was the pinch competition? And was this a separate idea than maybe the idea that someone like Zeb had presented on the application? This was a, a new pitch, basically, like a new idea? No, it's the what same you one? came in okay. with. Yeah, so it's now that you've worked on your business, you need to be able to tell people about it. Success comes from being able to motivate them. And in fact, I almost encourage bring the emotion, not just the practical step-by-step, here's my business, doesn't this make perfect sense? And then you have to go wake them up uh, because they've fallen <laughs> asleep or they're thinking about something else. You get them with emotion and they want to help you. But also, um, it's not a pitch so much as help my business. It's like, what is this business? And that helps the entrepreneur crystallize what is a really complex, often very complicated. Complex is good. Complicated is bad. Complicated leads to no action. Too complicated. Can't do it. Complex is, oh, it's the microwave oven, right? That's pretty complex, but I don't know how to use it. Do I know everything it does? No. But that kind of thing is if you make that statement in a pitch and people get it, it helps you and it helps them help you and all those, all the positive reinforcement, virtuous cycle stuff starts happening. Zeb, I'm able to put one and one and get two and realize that you probably won this pitch competition. I did, um, if my memory serves correct, yeah. Can you walk me through what that pitch was and sort of you know how you presented that idea to the judges that day? Sure. So the coaches helped a lot. Um, I'd never pitched this company before. I'd just written about it. And let's say if I was applying to something or... I didn't know that. I actually thought, oh, he's no. pitched before. Because you did that good a job. Yeah, I, never I was thinking, before. he's done this Thank before. Thank you. Um, I, I'd never pitched before, but I'd watched hours of things. You know, you watch TED Talks, you watch things. Don't say Shark Tank. That's what I thought he was going to say. No, 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 no. So essentially, when I spoke to the coach, they were, I, I did an, an initial pitch, like a rough. And she, I'm forgetting her name, but she moved everything around for me. She was like, you know, you got to start with the story. You got to start here. Um, and so for my, for me, for my pitch, if you, like you want to know how I did it, I started with, you know, imagine a world. So, you know, imagine a world where they're, imagine a community where they're black entrepreneurs and lawyers and doctors and this and that, and you're comfortable and the people who are in positions of power. Like it was a very, it was an elaborate scheme, but it's only five minutes. So I can only really pontificate for like 30 seconds. And then I said, well, you know, that place did exist. Um, but unfortunately, it was destroyed in 1921. So the emotion. Um, and after that, I get into one of my motivations for doing the company, which was I was looking for a mentor who looked like me and I couldn't find one. So my idea was let me just interview them. And then over the course of X amount of interviews, the idea was that I'd have a great idea and I'd go make some money. And after a few interviews, I was like, there is no other great idea. This is perfect. And, you know, having Kenyan and Ugandan parents and being here, born and raised here in America, I've seen black culture in Africa and I've seen black culture here in U.S. and I've seen it in U.K. and I know it's everywhere. And so going through the pitch was essentially because it's everywhere and no one's really done a great job at, con at consolidating it. How, you know, how do I build Vogue for us? How do I build, you know, Forbes or GQ for us? How, how do I show black people at our highest taste level? And that was it. And I, you know, I think at some point I called myself the architect of the Greenwood, um, building a digital frontier. At some point, it, it just gets, you know. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> it, it works. I'm ready yeah, to go it, again. It gets, Where's the yeah. big check? And Let's so, give another one. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it went. And it was very odd, honestly, because up until that point, I don't actually think. So I was showing up to the classes late because I had a class. So on, I didn't really get a chance to interact with some of the other students a lot 
almost to the point where some of them actually didn't even know <laughs> what the company was. And so that was the first time that a lot of people were actually hearing what it was that I did actually. And so it was kind of, it was a pitch to them. It was my first time saying it. It was a lot of people's first time hearing it. And so kind of going through that, the why, the how, the what, my background and my motivations was kind of how I organized the pitch. And since then, I've done it a few times and I've moved some stuff around and I've added some stuff. And I think based off of everything I've learned over the past couple months, at this point, the pitch might sound a little different because, and I'll talk probably off air, some things have been added and like I've kind of gotten a chance to speak to people who've done it before and so I've, I've learned a lot. So that's kind of how I did it. Started with the why, emotional pull, how, what, and spoke about traction and kind of where I want to take it in the future. And then Zeb, what did you expect initially when you went in, when you thought, hey, it would be great if I got this out of it? Mm-hmm. And then maybe what do you feel was the biggest thing you gained from it? Yeah, I think at the time when I did it, it was last year, correct? My time yeah. is. So I was yeah. a second year. At the time, I was a second I, I was second year law student. So I was at a crossroads where it's like, I need to figure out, is Greenwood going to be the, the, the thing? Or am I going to graduate and go work at a law firm? What's your decision? And so that's so now that program kind of was a part of like my mentality was like I need to get out of the law building and figure this this thing out. And so my expectations were to learn as much information so I can make the best informed decision and then network, meet people. You know, I'm in this room because, you know, I met people. You I applied, you know, you follow up, you meet outside of class, you figure out ways. And so for me, my expectations were to meet people and make an, an informed decision. And so the class ended up doing exactly that. And I think it made that initial decision, which is why I joined the class, much easier. And so by the time the class is done and I pitch the company for the first time, mentally, in my mind, mid-pitch, in my mind, I'm going, oh, this this, this works. Like, this might actually be something because you can look at people's responses. And so for me, everything that the class contributed to is just me making an informed decision. And then I think I've built a lot of great relationships because of the class. And then also just everything following up from that. And so it, I think it just helps. It, the class gave me a lot of clarity. And that was what I wanted the class to do, um, to make an informed decision. And I would hope that for some other people trying to figure out if they should do it, if they should, shouldn't, it probably helped them the same way. And you're going for it. Absolutely. Like there's, there's no options. So at this point, at, that was around the time where I made the decision, okay, can I finish law school early? Because I need to get to this. And I can't drop out of law school. My parents would kill me. And so... <laughs> <laughs> so, I was, so I went. Another shout out to Jersey. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know where he is. Yeah. So at some point during during the program, I went and I started talking to people. I was like, "Can I? Like, what's what are the rules? Can I take summer classes? Can I do this? Can I do that?" They're like, "Yeah." And I met multiple people who finished early, took the bar early, and then moved on. And so for me, yeah, the decision was made, and um, and I'm sticking to it. And so that program, the all the information that I learned. I'm applying it, and all the people that I met have now become great resources, whether it's them asking me stuff or me asking them stuff. And then whoever I meet down the road, I'm paying it forward. And I'm just, you know, if somebody asks something, I'm like, hey, this is what I learned. You know, check this out. And then, you know, we'll see how it goes. And lastly, an unfair question to close on. Will we see another round of the Black Media Mogul Maker? So we are actively working through that. Um, so we do not have an exact answer yet, but I think, you know, we're kind of considering different funding options and whatnot. And we are thinking about potentially running another version of it in the Syracuse area that might be a bit more focused on 
uh, like the digital marketing side of building your business, perhaps. So it's an idea that's um, out there. We, again, we have to find the right funding to kind of make it happen because we we did the first time, and I'm sure we would the second time. There was no cost to, you know, go through this training program. Um, so there are some things that we have to account for from a funding standpoint. And then outside of that, we, as Sean mentioned in the very beginning, really have hopes to bring Media Mogul Maker to other places, whether that be new communities, because there's a number of underserved communities, uh, or to, you know, new cities and locations outside of Syracuse. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We're, we're in the middle of um, figuring out next steps. Very exciting. Daniela, Sean, Zeb, thanks so much for coming by and just talking to us a little bit about this great project. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Newhouse Impact, a collaboration between WAER and the Newhouse School at Syracuse University. Our associate producer is Emma Hudson. Special thanks to Dr. Regina Luttrell, Associate Dean of Research and Creative Activity. Find more from the department at newhouse.syr.edu research. You can find more about this podcast at waer.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. I'm Kevin Kloss. Thanks for listening.